Welcome to this ADHD Life, Episode 3. This is a podcast for ADHDers, those who love them, and even those who are struggling to love them. Today's episode was started on Wednesday, June 1st, 2016. Hi, I'm Keith, a fellow ADHDer, ADHD coach in training, and general student of life. Welcome to this ADHD Life. I say that every week, that it's a show for people with ADHD, but also people who love us. And I truly believe that. I think if you can share this, if you're an ADHDer with your loved ones, it might give them a little understanding of the struggles that we go through and the struggles that you're going through. I must confess that today's episode is a little bit of an experiment for me. I mentioned last episode that I had already recorded that episode, but I went back because I wasn't really happy with it. But then I got to thinking after I put out last episode that there's actually some stuff in the recording that I liked. So a lot of what you're going to be hearing today actually was recorded back on June 1st. Today, however, is June 10th. And because my mom's going to be in town next week, I thought, hey, let's try this little test where we uh, see if we can use some of the content that made it onto the editing room floor last time. Before I get into that, I'm going to mention that I would love to interview you. I'd love to talk about how ADHD has affected your life, whether you're a fellow ADHD or a neurotypical, someone who loves them, someone who deals with ADHDers. And I'm so happy, happy, happy to say that the first episode should be recorded in a couple weeks from now with a release date, hopefully towards the beginning of July. Happy about that. You can go to thisadhdlife.com slash contact and uh, just choose the uh, interview form and fill it out and hopefully we'll be talking soon. Last week, I mentioned executive function, talked about executive function, a lot about executive function. And what I had originally intended to talk about was executive function, but also how we can tend to hack ourselves to death, how we can try to strive for following advice that was never meant for us, that was meant for the masses, that certainly does not resonate with ADHDers. My opinion is that advice for neurotypicals may generally be useless for someone with ADHD. It's not that there's not good stuff that can be gleaned, but if you read articles and try to follow things to a T, it's probably not going to work for an ADHDer. I kind of equate it to trying to use an American car repair manual on a German car. It, It just wouldn't work. There may be some things that would make sense, such as how to replace the spark plugs or check the oil, something like that. But even the size of the sockets that you would need would be different because on European cars, it's metric and we use Imperial here in the States. I find that to be the case with most of the advice I read on the internet. Some of it might make sense to me. Some of it just doesn't even fit. I'll be going into a bit of a review of Getting Things Done, and for those unfamiliar, Getting Things Done is a book that was published a number of years ago by a gentleman named David Allen. It was sort of and sort of is still the time management Bible uh, for this century. Before it, you had uh, Covey, and before that, you had Franklin, and before that, you had Daytimer, and before that, you had that, and this, and that, and that. The thing with getting things done that has always been interesting to me is it has such a cult following, but the book itself doesn't actually put too much structure in place. The structure it does put in place, however, tends to really not work well for an ADHDer. So that's what I'll be talking about today. Really quick, though, getting things done has sold over 2 million copies, and that figure I got from about February 2015, which is when a new version was released. I'm sure that number has gone up. Uh, It also has almost 2,000 reviews on Amazon, which means it's a very popular product. Now, 
How many people actually use it? Well, gettingthingsdone.com itself says that there are hundreds of thousands of fans, and I don't dispute that. I do, however, wonder how many of those hundreds of thousands have ADHD and find themselves not able to implement, and therefore sort of beating themselves up about it. Oh, and by the way, if you go to the Apple App Store, you will get somewhere around 800 results if you search for GTD. Lots and lots and lots of GTD apps out there. All right, with our base information out of the way, let's get into what wound up on the quote-unquote cutting room floor from last episode. I start by describing this hacking yourself to death. Yeah, I know you just heard it, but uh, the edit would be weird if I tried to cut that out. Talking about executive function more and how uh, it affects us on last week's episode, uh, and that's where we pick up here. I hope you enjoy. The problem with all this executive function disorder stuff that we have going on is it makes us really prone to want to improve, and so we can tend to hack ourselves to death. What I mean by that is looking at every single internet lifestyle blog, life hacker anyone, there's tons of them. Financial blogs. I used to read eight or nine different financial blogs. I'm down to two. And even that is like an article a week. I realized that a lot of stuff that's being discussed on life hacker and these financial blogs and these time management logs, even within the getting things done blog, I just don't identify with. They don't apply to me because I'm an ADHD or it's not that they're bad concepts, but we can focus on really wanting to adapt ourselves into a time management philosophy that doesn't speak to us. So if I take getting things done as an example, because we're talking about planning and that sort of is the Bible for the last, uh, for this century anyway, brief overview is it's a system of lists. A lot of people say it should be done in paper. A lot of people say digital. I prefer digital just because the speed at which my brain works means that writing things down, I would just have a ton of paper all the time and I'd be completely disorganized. Its first tenant is collecting and capture. Uh, I mentioned that in the last episode. I probably mentioned it in episode one as well. Uh, write everything down, capture it in some ways. And yes, I said right. I do use paper for my collection mechanism because that's the quickest way for me to get stuff out of my head. It's only when I start going into the next phase, which is clarifying, and the following phase, which is organizing, that I shift into digital. Clarifying is about project planning, splitting things into steps. That's where we can tend to fall down with executive function disorders because there's a problem with planning. It's right there on the package. Organizing is highly individual and the rigid rules that GTD sort of puts into place, which is funny because it's a, it's a book about no structure except for this structure, which I don't necessarily agree with for an adhd -er. We then have to reflect every once in a while, which is to review what's going on and then engage and actually do stuff. Those are sort of the five major things. I think collecting and capturing works, reflecting works, although I'm going to say for an adhd -er, we might need to do it a little bit more often. And doing can work. I think we've all found ourselves with high energy days where we can just blast through a task list. The problem is if we haven't defined our work through the clarifying and organizing phase, we're going to get mired down in the do phase with trying to make decisions on priorities and steps that we're just not best suited. I've mentioned before following my energy, and I try to do that. There are times where I can just be sort of a race car racing down the track and collecting tasks as, as my laps, and there are days that I can sit down and be really reflective. And I think that applies to most people, even with ADHD or not, that there is just days that we're better off than others. For ADHDers, I think those days are more strongly associated with pain than the neurotypicals. And what I mean by that is that if we try to force ourselves to be doing something we just can't or don't want to be doing, it can actually feel painful to us. 
organizations where it really starts to break down for me. The complexity and rigidity just aren't fun. It can be fun if I do it in line with how I work, and that's only because I'm a little bit weird at times that if I can set myself a task list of 10 items and race against a clock to get them done, it can be kind of gamified and I can feel victorious. The pitfalls of the organizing, though, that I have tried to adapt to, and I think millions of others have, some with ADHD, is GTD would tell you to get everything done in context, to assign a context or a set of tools that you need to be able to do stuff, and that's how you organize lists. I don't think that's a great idea, especially in this day and age when I'm sitting down and I literally have all the tools that I had in different lists 10 years ago. You know, for example, 10 years ago, maybe 15, I had an at internet list because I didn't always have internet with me. True GTDers would tell you never to set a priority and don't set a due date unless there is actually sort of a life and death thing that something has to be done on that due date. I think that completely is crazy to tell someone for ADHD not to do that. If I don't set a due date for some things, they will it will pop up in my mind and distract me the entire day because I know I'm not doing it. Similarly, there are times that I have to put a priority on something to know that it's truly important because when I'm actually in do mode, I am really bad at prioritizing things. When I'm going down that racetrack of just getting tasks as though they were laps, I can't stop to look around and go, well, this is more important than the other thing. But I do have times, and I think most people, even with ADHD, have times where their energy is such that they're very reflective and they can actually make those decisions. And if you can do that prior to actually hitting the ground running for an ADHD, it's better for us than trying to do what GTD would espouse, which is to prioritize in the moment. I also have an issue with the concept of projects. Um, a lot of people would say that you know any project, a project is anything with more than one item to do. So replacing my ceiling fan light might actually be five or six different steps, you could get so anal as to say that it's okay, remove the globe, find out what the bulb is, go to Home Depot and buy the bulb, bring up the ladder, remove the globe again, replace the light bulb, replace the globe, bring the ladder back downstairs. I can't even count how many steps that is. No, to me, a project of that size is two steps. Go to Home Depot for the light bulb, and then the next in one big giant action is bring ladder up from downstairs, replace the light bulb, bring ladder down from downstairs. If I try to split it out much, if I try to plan perfectly, things just fall apart for me. The other area where this can kind of go off the rails is the someday list. Uh, you're going to be capturing a lot of stuff or hopefully capturing a lot of stuff. And what I've found is it can be overwhelming to capture all of the ideas. And in GTD philosophy, they say have only one capture list uh, or only one someday list. Sorry. And I think that's just kind of ridiculous for someone with ADHD because it can become very overwhelming and then we don't know how to prioritize and it just completely falls apart at that point. So this is just one area in which I've been kind of hacking myself to death for 15 or 16 years, ever since I read the book. Some might argue that I started doing it when I got my first Palm device because the stuff that was in that Palm device didn't speak to me. And if it's not planning and how you get things done, it could be something financial, could be in making decisions. Like there's advice out there published every day. There are hundreds, if not thousands of articles telling us what to do. And those articles are published at neurotypical people. And even then, none of them apply to 100% of the people. So when I say stop hacking yourself to death, I really mean it. Stop 
thinking every life hack applies to you and that it's somehow going to solve the problems that you have with procrastination, like getting started, finishing what you start, affecting how you move from task to task. All that stuff. Stop it. It's nothing. No article is going to be the one thing that gets to you and says, aha, now I'm finally going to be like a neurotypical. I do have some suggestions specific to time management. I tend to use context. I remember I mentioned context are all about tools in a traditional GTD setup. I like the idea of a context to filter by the role or sort of the many project levels. So for example, I'm a podcaster. Uh, I have a few different projects as it relates to the This ADHD Life website, future episodes. I have another project for the interview show that I'm starting, and that actually goes under the umbrella of podcaster. That's a role for me. Same thing with students, same thing with building a coaching business. And what that allows me to do is filter by what I'm going to call energy, but it's really filtering by what I feel like doing right this moment. So I might just sit down and go, you know, today I'm going to be a podcaster. Let's knock out a bunch of stuff. Tomorrow I'm going to sit down and be a business person. Let's go knock out a bunch of stuff. And I realize that it can be really difficult to get ourselves started with things that we don't necessarily want to do. But if we have our systems set up in such a way that we can do some kind of stuff we don't want to do, but then get into a whole list of stuff that we do want to do, it'll be a lot easier to start things up. I would say use prioritization if it works for you. Be selective with it. Uh, A lot of people, I think, fall into the anti-GTD trap where everything has either a low, medium, high, or top priority. And that can just be exhausting to assign. And, And let's face it, something that you really felt was a top priority on Monday by Friday is probably getting deleted off your list because you go, oh, why did I think that? Why did I write that down? So be really selective with it. Things that are truly sort of life and death with major penalties, so deadlines at work, taxes, getting your medication refilled, stuff like that can be a top priority. But if you try to make everything a top priority or even say medium, it's just not going to work. You're going to look at your list and go, nope, don't want to do any of this stuff. And what's really true? What's really top here? I use due dates as kind of reminders for myself. For example, at the beginning of the year, I kept thinking taxes taxes. Got to do your taxes. Got to do your taxes. I finally put a task on my list of got to do your taxes. And I I put a due date on it of the beginning of February. And I just kind of pushed it off for like about a month. Start of February, it popped up on my list. And that prompted me to decide, is there something I need to do about this today? Or does this need to snooze for a few more weeks? And as I remember, that popped up on my list and I went, oh yeah, you know what I need to do is go download the information from my investment accounts. And that's what I did. And then I snoozed it for a little while. In sort of a perfect GTD scenario, that would have just been one step in a do your taxes project. It just sometimes doesn't work like that for us. I mentioned the idea of how sort of a someday maybe list, like once you've captured all of this stuff, anything that you are not putting on your project list now or that you are not wanting to accomplish in the next, oh, I don't know, month to a year, goes on something that GTD would call a someday maybe list. A lot of people call it a parking lot. You can call it whatever you want. Problem is there's only one list. So I have a few that work for me. I have a stuff I'm pondering list or a stuff I'm thinking about list. 
And this is kind of the stuff that I can identify on a Monday that I'm like, hey, you know, I'd really like to go river rafting this summer. And I'll just shot that on a list. And every time I review, I'll just put that down. If I put it on my actual project list, then my brain is going to think I have to be doing something about this right now. I'm committed to doing this. If I put it on a pondering list, it really takes that mental pressure off. I also have a list for stuff I'd like to do soon. And that's kind of one to five years and stuff for this lifetime. And what's really neat about these lists is that you can capture everything and then you put it into a different category that you review every once in a while. And you'd be surprised as the number of ideas that you've had that you just decide you never want to do. You could even have a list of stuff I'm just never going to do and just move stuff from one list to another. I have some other lists that I use. I'll cover them in future episodes. Hopefully this is something that might be useful to you. And if this isn't clear, stop reading mainstream hacks. If you're someone who loves to read Lifehacker every day or a bunch of financial blogs and tries to follow a system perfectly, you might be hacking yourself to death. You may just not be able to follow the advice that people put out and kind of be careful at what advice you take for free. You have to be discerning in the information that you're allowing into your life and be really, really careful about what you allow into your life and then try to judge yourself by. That said, I have recently received a link to an article. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it. And if it has some good advice, I'm going to throw it up onto the website and I'll put it on Facebook. I am planning to bring sort of a blog sort of thing into this ADHDlife.com and that might be the first article. I'm sure I've also made it abundantly clear. I'll actually put it into these words. Ease away from striving to be neurotypical. Be kind to yourself. Stop trying to be quote unquote normal. Because you're not, you're better in so many ways. And yeah, there's a few things that need to maybe improve or you don't do as well and you may just never do as well. Stop trying to do everything perfectly or everything well. It's, it's not going to work. It doesn't work for anybody, let alone an adhd or let alone an adhd or who doesn't have treatment or someone who's just new to it. It takes time. Also focusing on the truly important, and this is what I was talking about, the stuff on pondering list versus do soon versus lifetime. If everything is on your list, you might focus on everything and lose track of what's truly important to you, either from an interest standpoint or an actual deadline life standpoint. Look at it this way. Would you try to add three errands when you know you only have gas for the two you have planned, well, you have ADHD, so you might. But chances are you're not going to. You, you, you might think to yourself, no, I can, I can add one errand. Let's add one errand. But you're not going to add all three at the same time. You only have a limited amount of energy every day. So you're not going to be able to do everything every day. And that really can be painful for us. Use the lists that I've mentioned, and you might be surprised at how easy stuff starts getting off your brain and how how willing you are to kind of let it go and how you do start to focus on what's truly important to you versus everything. I hope I've said a few things that uh, have sparked some thought in your head. Again, I'm just a guy talking on a microphone. Hopefully I resonate with you. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast every week. If you do, if you want to engage, I would love for you to go to our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash this ADHD life, or you can just search this ADHD life on Facebook. Look for our page. Sorry, not a group. It's a page. Um, like it, put some comments there. Love feedback. You can also go to this ADHD life.com slash contact.
And it's not quite a form. Hopefully by the time next podcast rolls around, there'll actually be like a page there with links to the different forms. But I do have a form there if you'd like to be interviewed. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, there's another form for professionals if you'd like to come chat with me on a show someday. Uh, And you can also find show notes there and you can make comments at uh, thisadhdlife.com as well. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes and your major podcasting services. Uh, If you're enjoying this show, I would very, very much appreciate your subscribing and giving a positive review because it helps other people know that this is good content, something that you appreciate. And it, it does much better. Word of mouth is is much better than purchasing a bunch of ads on Facebook. Remember, thisadhdlife.com has everything, show notes, comments, contact forms, podcasts, eventually a blog. Uh, it even actually has a little blurb about uh, how I'll be able to start up coaching later this summer. Have a great couple of weeks. Don't forget, if you have something to talk about or you want me to talk about, go to thisadhdlife.com. You'll find a way to get in contact with me, and I would love to cover it in a future episode. Remember to be good to yourself, and I know this episode is talking about being good to yourself in a lot of ways. There's a subtext. Be good to yourself, because if you can't be good to yourself, if you're not being good to yourself, how are you going to be good to anybody else?